Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. If you would like more information about First Baptist Church of Silva, please visit firstbaptistsilva.com. Not all encounters go as we might wish. Gospel according to Luke chapter 7, beginning with verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And a woman in the city who was a sinner, having learned that he was eating in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. She stood behind Jesus at his feet, weeping, and began to bathe his feet with her tears and to dry them with her hair. Then she continued kissing his feet and anointing them with ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Jesus spoke up and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he replied, speak. A certain creditor had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii, and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debts for both of them. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the greater debt. And Jesus said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has bathed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Hence she has shown great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. But those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There once was a man who had a dinner party. And he invited all kinds of people to come into his home. As they were arriving, he found his older son. And he pulled him over and he said, Son, I'd like to give you the honor of providing the blessing at the meal. The young man said, Father, I don't know how to pray. I I wouldn't know what to say at all. And he said, you have heard me pray countless times. Just pray what I have said. The young man nodded. His dinner guests arrive. He seats them. He says, welcome to his guests and said, I'd like to introduce my oldest son. He will offer the blessing. 
The young man gets up and he says, my God, why did I invite all these people into my house for dinner? Amen. My name is Simon. And recently, I hosted a dinner party. And it was a disaster. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm not sure if you are familiar with this town. It looks like y'all may be from out of town. But I've lived here all my life in Capernaum. It's a beautiful Galilean city. And I love it here. My family grew up here. And I am happy to have the house and the home that I have. I'm proud to call myself not only a son of Abraham, but also a Pharisee. Now, I have worked hard for that rank. I studied long. I've worked hard. I argued with my peers. You see, as a Pharisee here in our community, it means that I am an expert in interpreting the law. That's why you see me in these robes. It's why when I walk down the street, people move out of the way for me. They bow their head for me. They call me teacher, rabbi. I am grateful for the respect that they extend to me, and I can assure you I've come by it honestly. Now, yes, it is true that I have heard about Jesus just as you had. I've seen him on the outskirts of town been pretty astounded at the people that would flock to him and I will concede that he has energy and charisma and authority that I've never seen before. So I decided to do Jesus a favor. I decided to invite him to my house for a dinner party. You see, in inviting him to my house as my guest, I would be inviting him into my social circle. In doing so, I would be elevating his rank to mine. So I couldn't help but pat myself on the back for this good deed that I was doing to this itinerant teacher out in the woods. I was going to give him a seat at my table. Speaking of table... A dinner party is not just a meal, of course. It is a, a way to spend an evening. The table that we set is three-sided. Think about the letter C in your alphabet, how it has three sides. The table is set low, and around it there are cushions for the dinner guests to recline, much like somebody might lie on your couch at night and eat chips. This is how we would recline at the table. The dinner party has two stages. The first stage is as individuals arrive, the invited guests will come in and I will have my servants provide for them the means for their feet to be cleaned, for them to be greeted, and for them to be anointed with oil. You know why? Because you get a whole bunch of men in a small room after being out all day in the heat. You need something to keep it from being a stench fest. So, as they arrive, of course, we'll provide them appetizers and the conversation is casual. It's the second stage of the dinner 
that the main meal is provided. And that's when the richest conversation occurs. It was during the second stage of the meal when I heard a commotion. And in raced this creature that threw herself onto one of these, these cushions that we were seated on. I didn't know who or what it was, and we were all startled by what had happened. You don't just break into someone's house, and you especially don't go into a, a private dinner party like the one we were having, and you certainly don't do it if you're a woman. Now, I didn't know who it was at first. Her hair was covering her face, but what we saw her do was nothing short of scandalous. She was rubbing her face and her head on Jesus' feet. In fact, in just a matter of moments, as we sat there in shock, his feet became wet, shiny with her tears. She was kissing his feet rubbing her face all over her le his legs and, and feet. And she had with her this, this bottle that she was emptying out on his feet and it was smelled of a strong perfume. I didn't know what to do. Neither did anyone else. And Jesus, the one to whom all this was happening, was unfazed. It was far too intimate for the kind of gathering that we were having. It was outlandish. It was, dare I say it, intimate and even erotic. I turned beet red. I couldn't believe this was happening on my watch in front of my esteemed guests. I leaned over to one of my friends and said, some prophet this man is. If, if he was the prophet that everybody says, then he would have known what kind of woman this is. A sinner. A sinner who enjoys sinning, I said to him under my breath. For by this time, we knew who this was. A sinner from the other side of town. Oh, we knew who she was, in fact. But that's when Jesus spoke up. He said, Simon, I have something to tell you. What? I said a little bit too abruptly. He said, imagine that there was an individual that provided credit to those who needed help. To one individual, provided a lot of money. To another, less. Both of them were in debt to the creditor. And they couldn't pay back the debt. Now imagine that the creditor forgave both of the individual's debts. Tell me, Simon, who would love the creditor more? <laughs> well, duh, I spoke up. Certainly it would be the one to whom they owed the most. You have answered correctly. Then Jesus motioned to the woman behind him, still at this very moment, bathing his feet in her tears. He said, Simon, do you see this woman? When I came into your home, 
you did not provide water and wash my feet. But this woman, as soon as she came in, she bathed my feet in her tears. And when I arrived, Simon, you, you didn't greet me with a kiss. But this woman has not stopped kissing my feet since she arrived. You did not anoint my head with oil when I arrived, Simon. But this woman has anointed my feet with a sweet-smelling perfume ever since she got here. For I tell you, Simon, that her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. And she now loves much. But to the ones who have been forgiven little, they love little. I was furious. What a shameful display for a guest to criticize the level of hospitality in my own home and to my own guests. Who did this man think that he was? Shameful. Criticizing my offering to him and to others. What did this man want me to do? Prostrate myself before him? While I sat there fuming, Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. I literally heard someone at the table chuckle. Who is this? Who has the audacity to forgive sins? Well, I suppose we can write soft on sin with the other characteristics to describe this Jesus. Your faith has saved you, he said. Go in peace. Go in peace. What a disaster. Here I am thinking that I'm doing Jesus a favor by bringing him into my home. This is my opportunity to have a private audience with him. I had him, thank you very much, to myself and to my guests. This was the good deed that I was doing to him. And this is how he repays me. This is what he does. Everything was just right. The meal was outstanding. Everything had been cleaned and purified. Everything was right for the moment. And he spoiled it. Because, because of Jesus at the party, he brought an uninvited guest. An uninvited guest that I might add, we didn't have any space for. And I might add, I would never have invited to my home Clearly, with Jesus, you're not sure what you're going to get or who might come with him. And I don't like how Jesus talked to me. I don't like the authority in which he tried to throw around in my midst and in front of others. Not only did he critique me, he patronized me. He made statements about me that I didn't appreciate. Accusing me of not giving him enough of my time or energy of devotion, please. And to lift up this woman, this unclean woman, that by coming with him made all of us impure. 
What a disaster. Here's the truth. <laughs> if Jesus hosts a dinner party, I don't want to be invited. And I know you people. You're good people. You wouldn't want to be invited either because the people that Jesus invites to his table are not like you. So you can't say that you haven't been warned. There once was a man and he had a dinner party. And as he was welcoming his guests, he found his older son and he said, Son, I want to give you the honor today of offering the blessing. But the young man began to protest and said, Father, no, I, I, I can't do that. I don't know how to pray. And he said, that's okay. You have seen and heard me pray countless times in these moments. All I want you to do is pray what I have said. So sure enough, the guests come in. He greets them and he says, welcome, brothers. I'm so glad you're here. My older son is going to provide the blessing. The older son gets up and he says, my God, what was I thinking inviting Jesus into my home? I had no idea what would come with him. Amen. Let us pray. We confess, God, that we are Simon. And the truth is, when you show up, when our paths cross, we don't like it because we don't like what you say to us. And that's the truth, the truth that we don't want to hear. And so we are guilty, God, of shutting you up and shutting you out. We don't want to be in your presence. And we certainly don't want to be in the presence of those that you attract. And so it's in this moment of worship, God, that we ask forgiveness. We know, God, that the only way that we will change is if you change us from the inside out. And so we pray earnestly, God, that you do so, that you work on our heart, that you transform our thinking, that you enable us to recognize that there is much that needs forgiving in our lives. And then help us, God, experience thoroughly that far-reaching forgiveness so that we might love deeply. For we are all sinners and we're all unclean. Give us, God, what we lack. And that is a faith like that sinful woman. For it's in your name, O oh Jesus, that we pray these things. Amen.